Well, hey, Merry Christmas. Everyone was like, I'm not sure what to say right there. Like, good morning, Merry Christmas. I'm not sure. Uh, but man, so excited to be here. Thank you for uh, changing and shaping and, and coming here at 930. How many were really confused this morning when you woke up and you had no idea what to do? You're like, I typically go to church at now and I don't know what to do. And, but man, this is so fun because what we wanted to do is say, all right, how can we pull the entire church together, hang out together with, uh, just for a Sunday to kick off the Christmas season, but really to celebrate. How many know that, that Jesus was a, was, a God, was, uh, was a God who liked to party a lot? Did you know that? Did you know that? Like, don't tell your kids, right? They're like, don't, don't say that. But, but Jesus often in his, in his ministry celebrated. Um, and I think oftentimes in the church, we just forget to do that, right? We say, well, we want to launch something big, and we want to have a brand new vision, a brand new fresh thing that happens. But sometimes we forget to kind of talk about it at the back end, or sometimes we, t- we forget to re- remember all that God has done. And so uh, Jesus often celebrated. In fact, Jesus' first uh, miracle was what? Was, was turning water into Christian grape juice, right? That's, that, that's what it was. It wasn't, it wasn't wine. It wasn't wine. It was Christian grape juice. That's what he did. Um, no, just kidding. Uh, but, but, but really, what his first miracle was to display to the world in the midst of a party that he was the son of God, that, that he was someone that was, that was worthy to be praised, someone that was going to come and restore all things the way that God had intended it uh, to be. And so I don't know where you're at in life today, um, maybe celebration is difficult at this time, and maybe you need to be reminded of hope. And, and this is Advent. This is the, the season of Advent for us, and so this first week is hope, and we remember that um, in, in all of that. But what I wanted to talk about today was the sense of hope that not only we might find personally, but the sense of hope that we might find communally. Um, a, a good friend of ours of the church, uh, he often says that the local church is the hope of the world, and it's something we deeply, deeply deeply believe because the church is a steward of many things but the one thing that the church is a steward of is the the story of Jesus we are stewards of the fact that Jesus um, came in the in the midst of a in the midst of a broken world um, he forsake uh, forsaken a lot of his uh, rights he he kind of just gave all that up so that he could be with us to be here and he came in the midst of all of the things that are engaging with, with the world in order to start a story that pulled us back to him. He, he displays grace and mercy upon a sinful people in a way that allows us to celebrate, allows us to have joy, allows us to have peace, allows us to feel love. And so today what we want to do is kick that off by pulling everyone together. And, and so typically there's you know, around 400, 400 or 425 people in the, in the building. So we thought, how cool it would be just to put us all here at the same time. Wouldn't that be fun? No? Was, was it, how was it getting into the parking lot today? Awesome. You're like, I needed to get saved again pulling into the parking lot this morning. No, but we're, we're excited for that. But so if you want to grab your Bibles, they're on your seats when you came in. And uh, Ephesians chapter 3 is where we're going to be today. 978, page 978. Um, and, and I hope today um, that you are filled with hope as we consider the story of Christ, but consider the story of the church as well. Um, and uh, I hope you can stay after for a little while. We're going to have some fun. We're going to uh, put on the Charlie Brown Christmas movie for the kids in here. We're going to have some food out in the back um, for us and, and have some fun um, hanging out together. So I hope you can do that. So page number 978. We'll be hanging out together. Um, how many think that the worship center looks pretty cool this morning? Right? Yeah? 
uh, Kathy Randant and her team, and Pastor Chris, and a bunch of others, a bunch of others, um, Marcel and uh, Ingrid and John and a bunch of other people that really pulled together to allow something like this to happen. Um, it was really fun trying to throw Pastor Chris up onto the, the ceiling to throw the lights up there. We, we kept trying, and he got bruised up a little bit, but it worked out. Anyway, so Ephesians chapter 3, let's, let's go there together. Uh, not only can we have hope this morning personally, but we can have hope as a church because uh, the local church is the hope of the world. Pay, uh, Ephesians 3 verse 8 says this, Uh, excuse me, sorry, wrong page. Though I am the least deserving of all of God's people, he graciously gave me the privilege of telling the Gentiles about the endless treasures available to them in Christ. Now look, this is Paul, uh, the Apostle Paul, writing writing to a church um, that just needs to be reminded about the basics, needed to be reminded about the nuts and the bolts and about why they're there, right? And he starts off and he's saying, Although I'm the least deserving. How many have felt like that before? And when you think about the story of grace, when you think about the story where you've been, I don't know where you've been or where you're coming from. Um, I don't know what you're holding right now. But how many times have you felt like that? Man, I just am the least deserving of any of God's attention. And he says, although I am the least deserving, he graciously gave me the privilege of telling the Gentiles, just this this group of people that needed to hear about Christ, about the endless treasures available to them in Christ. I was chosen to explain to everyone this mysterious plan that God, the creator of all things, had kept secret from the beginning. God's purpose in all of this was to use the church to display his wisdom in its rich variety to all the unseen rules and authorities in the heavenly places. This was his eternal plan which he carried out through Christ Jesus our Lord. Because of Christ and our faith in him, we can now come boldly and confidently into God's presence. So please don't lose heart because my trial is here. And so you have this this guy named Paul. He's writing to a church that needs to be reminded. He's actually in prison when he writes this. He needs to be reminded about the nuts and bolts of faith. But he ultimately says this, that the church is around so that the unseen rulers that the wisdom needed in the world would come through the church, would come through that. And this entire year for our church, whether you're new today or you've, you've been coming for a while, our entire, the entire year that we've, been, that we've been talking about one thing is that, that our church exists to see lives changed by Christ as we participate with him in the restoration of all things. Because, because God has a story for the world and we aren't the only church that are a part of that. We are not the church with a mission, but we're so thankful that God's mission has a church. And so we exist to see lives changed by Christ as we participate with him in the restoration of all things. We believe in this so much. What we wanted to do today, excuse me while I walk off stage, sorry for the Facebook Live audience that is watching right now. Like, where did the preacher go? So much so that we are going to print it on everything that we do later. But what we wanted to do is print it on this big, really big piece of paper. Because we believe this so much. Not only do we believe it personally, but we have to believe it communally because this is exactly what the church was called to do. Not just community covenant church. Not just community covenant church. But the church, God's global church, believes in this so this is the purpose of the church and so what we are 
is a local expression of God's global church. And so here's the deal. In 1971, a group of people were attending a church in Attleboro. And this group of people just believed that God was still active and still moving. And they experienced God in a way that completely changed everything. And, and really, so in the beginning of the 70s, they, they started meeting together and praying and asking God to continue to do this work and continue to do this movement in the midst of their little church. And they started what was called Faith Bible Chapel. And they, they started in, in Attleboro and they moved to a couple different places. But, but this little group of people, they really began to risk things. They said, you know what, I really think that God wants to do something, not only just this little group of people, and they, not only when they met together in this living room to pray and to seek God together. I, they, they said, I don't really think that it just stays there. But they said, let's, let's dream together. Let's do things. And all throughout this, the story of Faith Bible Chapel is they began to see God do things through their church. They started uh, a house for the, a home for the elderly. They start a, a food pantry. They start all these different things because they believed not only was God experiencing, were they experiencing God um, as they pursued him quietly, not only were they experiencing God as they met together communally, but they were experiencing God as, they, as God flowed through them into the needs of the world. And so throughout the 70s and the 80s, the church just began to shape and shift and change and, and morph into all that God would have them to be. And right around the late, late 80s or so, they hire a pastor named Pastor Dennis. And, and, and Dennis changes the name of the church from, from Faith Bible Chapel to Community Covenant Church. And so over the next 10, 15 years, he just continues to see God, continues to shape. And right around the early 2000s, it, you, the, really the church begins to change a little bit. And, and, and they say, you know what, we can't just be um, about this gathering space or just about, we need to have some more steps. We need to have some more tangible steps in how we follow Christ. And so right around 150 or 200 people in the early 2000s, from 2005 all the way to 2012, the, the, the church just grew 10, 15% a year. 200, 300, 400, 500, 600. At one point, all the unique attenders all throughout the year, probably 900,000 people, 1,100 people as we've interacted with all of that. And over the last three years or so, we've been interacting with, with how God might set us up for a new season of ministry. And so over the last two years, what we've been trying to do is say, okay, before we get there, before we do that, let's make sure that we're ready for it. Let's make sure we prepare for what God might have us do. And so early 2000, in 2016, all we, did, all we did is talk about our heart with Christ. All we did was talk about our heart with Christ. We say, God, what, remind us of your salvation. Return to us the joy of your salvation. Remind us of what it's like to follow you and to follow you with all of our hearts, with all of our minds, with all of our strengths, with all of our souls. And then when you take a bunch of people and you put them in the room together and then, and then you see a community shape, all these people that have been changed by Christ, all these people that have been pursuing Christ, Many of you, have, many of you have, have experienced Christ in a way, not only personally, but in your marriage, in a way over the two years that you probably have never in the last 10, 20 years, maybe ever in your life. And we've been privileged to walk through that with you. But I just have a thought that maybe God might be up to something. 
that if our existence is based off the idea that we need to see lives changed by Christ, that maybe all of this shifting and all of this morphing and all of this movement, maybe just like the old days, God might be setting us up for something brand new and fresh. Because at the end of the day, this is what Paul reminds us, is that the church is here to, to display the manifold wisdom of God to the world. He doesn't have a plan B. God, help us all. He says, but when the church is working and doing the things that the church is supposed to do, not just like knowing information, not just feeling certain things when we gather together, but obedience, radical pursuit, radical obedience in a way that allows the wisdom of God to be made on display for all people. That's what he says. And that this wisdom would be displayed in multiple ways. The first thing he says in in chapter eight, he says, is that this wisdom will be displayed through mission. Through mission. He says this, though I am the least deserving of all of God's people, he graciously gave me the privilege of telling the Gentiles about the endless treasures available to them in Christ. I was chosen to explain to everyone this mysterious plan that God, the creator of all things, had kept secret from the beginning. How many know in here today, I don't know where you've been, where you're from, or all that sort of thing, whether you're new, you've been coming for, for years. There's treasures available to you in Christ. And that might be for someone today. You might feel like, man, I'm bankrupt, literally. Man, I'm bankrupt emotionally. Man, I'm bankrupt spiritually. but the endless riches of Christ are available to you. This is the story that God, although he creates us really good, he creates it very good, sin broke everything. And this is the story that Paul's talking about, that although we're broken, although we got all stuff going on, that Christ in his mercy and grace and kindness dies and resurrects so that we can have and experience new life in Christ. That's our story. And for some of you, that might not be your story today. But I believe God wants it to be your story. That although you're broken or maybe you're feeling just empty or maybe you're feeling just disconnected or separated, that God in his grace wants to move you closer to him. And so for us as a church, it's important that we understand that we display the wisdom of God through mission. That's why we say we serve. We serve. And so through the manifold wisdom of God, what we want to do this year as we move through 2018, we're going to be focusing on one thing. Lives changed by Christ, connected together as we pray for one. Everyone's like, that's it? That's the big announcement? No, just kidding. That's not the big announcement. There's no, there's no super big announcement, but that's a big announcement. We want to see lives changed by Christ. And the way we do that is we pray for one. God, give me one person to share your love with. We're literally going to focus the entire year on that. And you're like, whoa, whoa, that's too simple. We need something more complicated. There is nothing more rich, I think, then packing every day of your life, believing every day of your life is brimming with redemptive potential. 
Every person could be the one that God might ask you to share his love with. There's really like no more obedience level. Like literally, you're like, oh no, but, but pastor, we need to study the deep things of God. We have been over the last two years, haven't we? Man, we've been diving in. I've thrown more Greek words at you than a seminary. <laughs> like we've been going. We've been moving. But here's what I want to see. And here's what I believe that God wants to do. A church recklessly committed to obeying him when it comes to praying for one person to meet him. I really think that this could drastically change everything about our church. I think it could drastically change everything about our expectancy. When was the last time? Here's what happens. Here's what we do. We go throughout our days. We move through our days. We're so busy. And so we we move into Starbucks and we go, uh, yeah, uh, just uh, medium coffee, please. Everyone's like, ooh. <laughs> right, right? Don't we do this? Like, uh, you know what? Yeah, oh, yeah, thanks. Yeah, hold room, please. Oh, oh, my bad. Sorry, sorry. All right, hey, thanks. Thanks so much. Boom. Everyone's like, oh, yeah, that's Dunkin' Donuts every single morning, right? What if we believed that every person and every environment and every place we went to was packed and brimming with redemptive potential? What if we believed that every person mattered to God? What if we believed that everyone was better off with a Christ-centered life? What if we believed that? Not only just like understood it, not only just read about it, but actually obeyed it and displayed it into the world so that every time we walked into a place, we said, God, who is it? Why do you have me here today? What's, what's going on here today? Who can I invite? Who can I pray for? Who can I share your story with? Who can I share my story with? Because the manifold wisdom of God is made on display through mission. God gave Paul this mission to tell everyone about the riches of Jesus. So maybe for you today, you're like, yeah, I want to do that. But maybe you haven't experienced the riches of God in a while. And God needs to capture your heart in a new way. And I'm praying he does that. I'm praying he does that. Maybe for you, you're like, I, I, want, I, I want to do that. I want to experience that. Or I want to talk about it. I want to be a part of something like that. But you just have never experienced them in a, in a new way at all. And God would rather introduce himself to you today in a brand new way. And I pray that he does that. I pray that he does that. We've been praying for that. As a volunteer team, we met in here this morning. We just prayed for chairs. We said, oh God, I pray that you open hearts. I pray that you open ears. I pray that you help people meet you in here today. And so we've just been praying that we believe that God's going to do that. And so he does that. The manifold wisdom of God is made, uh, is on display through the way that we serve. So we're literally going to do all things to pray for one. Real quick as we hit this, Matthew 16, 18, um, it should be on the screen, um, is, is this verse that Jesus talks about where he says that the, he's talking to Peter on this mountainside. And he says, on this rock, on Peter, the, the fact that Peter confessed that Jesus is Lord. He said, on this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. How many have heard that verse before? And you're like, oh yeah, totally, I got that. What I love about that is, in that verse, who has the gates? Who has the gates? Hell, don't they? And what happens when you have gates around it? 
You're trying to keep something out. Here's the, here's the deal. Sometimes when we hear that verse as the church, who do we think is the gates? Who do you think has the gates? The church. We think, okay, cool, the powers of hell will not get in. Are we tracking this morning? How many times have you thought about it like that? Oh, yeah, 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 that's so cool. The, gate, the powers of hell will not get in. But who has the gates? Hell does. And what happens is we have to understand when we are, under, when we are pursuing Christ, when we're engaging with Christ, when we're, uh, we are belonging to each other and we're serving the world, the people that are on offense are us. We're the ones trying to blast down the gates of hell. We're saying, you know, where is hell winning? Where is hell winning right now? Well, I need to go there. And so maybe for you today, who's the person you're just like, man, they need some hope. Man, they just need some love. And guess who God put in their life to share that? You. And so, man, I pray that this year our church will be captured with the vision that we need to pray for one. God, show me one person you can share your love with today. Show me one person I can share your love with today and see that take place. And so we serve mission. We are participating in the restoration of all things through mission. Number two, number two. The manifold wisdom of God is on display through community. This is what it says, verse 10. It says, God's purpose in all of this was to use the church to display his wisdom in its rich variety to all the unseen rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. This was his eternal plan, which he carried throughout Christ Jesus our Lord. So Jesus comes, and he pursues us, and we meet him, and he puts us into a community called the church. Sometimes I talk to people to say, well, it's cool, I'm doing the work of God, but I don't really need the church. It's impossible to separate the two. It's impossible to separate the two. He takes you and he puts you in this community so that you can begin to live in a way that tells everyone that there's a new way to live life, the best way to live life. It says this is the manifold wisdom of God on display. And so we have to belong to each other. We have to connect to each other. It's not about joining a church as much as it is about following Jesus together. And sometimes we come in in places like this, we think, all right, cool, I gotta attend church today. But here's what I believe. I think if we take this seriously, then it won't be just about attending a church gathering, but it'll be about connecting with other people that I can follow Jesus together with. Man, when was the last time you watched it? I can't wait to share with this person about my life right now. I can't wait to see this person when I get there. Sometimes when you, you, you're, you're, you get up and you think, I, can't, I just got to get there, right? But man, I can't wait to see the people that I follow Jesus with. I can't wait to connect to the group of people because here's the deal. If you come for any other reason, and I've said this multiple times this season, if you come for any other reason, it's going to be a matter of time where you're, before you're disappointed. You're going to get disappointed. You know why? Because I'm very good at disappointing people. <laughs> when was the last time you had a pastor stand with their hand up in front of 400 people and said that? I'm just very good at it. Just very good at it. You know what our staff is very good at? 
You're just very good at disappointing people. You know what you're very good at? Disappointing people. We're all very good at disappointing people. That's why we're a community that's gospel-based. Understanding that we're all broken and we all need so much grace. And as we pursue Christ together, we can see the manifold wisdom of God made on display. Why? Because we're exercising vast amounts of grace. How many other communities in the entire world are based off the idea of grace? They say, hey, you're screwed up, I'm screwed up, we're all screwed up together, sweet, let's do it. Like, let's, seriously, like, that's, that's like the basis of our community. And yet, how often do we think, oh man, well that should be better, or this should be better, or they should do it like this, or they should do it like that. You know, there will be a time and there will be a place for that. There will be. I think after, though, we get to a point where we can engage with each other in a way that we love each other in a massive, massive way. Because that's where the scriptures say, all the world will know Christ is real by the way we love. And so how do you do that? Uh, How do we do that? We, We do that through attendance and we do that through groups. We do that through attendance and we do that through groups. We build communities um, and, and environments through our church that help people experience Christ. That's our job. Our job isn't to help, is to, isn't to make you pursue Christ and it's not to just sit there and feed you all the time. Our job is to help you feed yourself and help you pursue Christ and help you do those things. So that's why we create environments to help you take your next steps. We can't do that for you. But we, as a community, do that, help each other do that together. And so we do that through attendance and groups. And over this last year, this is uh, just a fun new way that we're going to move into this new year. Over the last year, we've been, we've been uh, our, our students will really love this one. Um, over the last year, we've been experimenting with our student community and, and having a Wednesday night gathering. And we said, we, we want to take the same pursuit that we have on a Sunday morning, all the adults get to do, and we want to try to move that into our student community. And over the last year, we've had literally a unique crowd of 120 students. 120 students have some point, at some point bumped into our Wednesday night gathering and said, man, you know what, I want to I, like, I just experience Christ a new way. And we've had probably like nine to ten leaders just interacting with that at different times. I think Pastor Frank and Katie have been pouring their lives into our students. How many appreciate Pastor Frank and Katie? Come on. And so it's been so exciting to, to pour into that. But you know what? Over the last year, we've also realized that there's some community that's missing. And over the last couple of months, we've, we've heard you in that. You said, you know, my, I get that my kid is pursuing Christ in this new way, but we're just missing the community. We're missing the community. And that was made, made very clear to us over the last couple of months as we've been interacting with this and pursuing this. And so what we want to do starting on January 7th is we're going to reintroduce our student community on a Sunday morning. And the reason we want to do that, I know everyone's like, yes, thank God, right? <laughs> I heard that, everyone's like, yeah, finally. The reason we want to do that, and I want you to, I want you to hear me on that. We wanted, to ex- we wanted to experiment with an environment that said, okay, there's more to it than just meeting together. But how can we pursue Christ together? And so we did that this year as much as we could in helping our students engage with that. 
But on January 7th, we said, you know what, let's, let's start this community again so that they have a natural place on a Sunday morning to connect with each other and break down the teaching a little bit differently or break down it and it's some new language or some new ideas. And so we have a few leaders that have going to take that on over the next few months, um, but, but they're also looking for help with that. And so if you want to help connect with students on a, on a major way, I think it's going to be fun as we do that. So starting January 7th, though, in both of our gatherings, uh, there's going to be a place for 7th through 12th graders uh, to connect with each other on a major way. There are going to be times where they attend gatherings with us and be times when they're pursuing Christ together. Uh, but I think it's going to be a lot of fun as they engage with that together. So we, but, that's, but that's just one way that we create environments. When you give this morning, um, and when you give in a normal way, like we just, it, that is going to creating environments for people to see life change take place. That is going to create environments. So, when, so last year, for instance, we were able, because of your generosity, to pay for the bus that took students to go to, um, to, to, that took students to go to their retreat. We didn't have to charge for that. Because we said the church has been literally been pursuing Christ and giving in a way that we allowed us to do that. We, it, it allowed us to really underwrite a lot of the GLS. A lot of the GLS was, was something that we were able, the, the, this, the, the global leadership, some of the, what we do in every August, where we train over 200 leaders in this room for two days. It allowed us to underwrite a lot of that. It allowed us to create environments at Summer Challenge where we saw 176 kids pursue Christ in, in, in ways that are brand new and fresh. It's allowed us to do so much because as a community, we want to see lives changed by Christ. That's why we gather. That's why we connect with each other. That's why we give. That's why we grow because we want to see lives changed by Christ. And so you do that today through attendance. We've got to commit to attending. We've got to commit to attending. And here, here's the thing about attendance. In one way or the other, Right now, we're about one every, out of every three or one out of every two as a church. Our average is once every other month or every other week or every, every three weeks. Some of us are like every four to six. But here's what the thing. There's plenty of research that shows this. But when we attend, when we don't attend regularly, the stats show that our kids attend half of what we attend. And guess what their kids do? And so when it comes to our attendance, when it comes to the way that we pursue Christ through gifts and through giving and through all of that, it really needs to, and we've, we talk about this so much as a church, we want to be a church that, that doesn't just see our grandkids meet Jesus and follow him, but we want to see our grandkids, grandkids follow Christ. And so when it comes to the way we attend, and when it comes to the way that we give, when it comes to the way that we grow, not only are we stewarding that for us because we're pursuing Christ, but we're also stewarding it for our children. And so today, I'd just like to challenge you on that. What are the ways that you're pursuing Christ or the ways that you're connected to our community that allows us to teach our children how to follow Christ and all that he has for him? That's something I get challenged about so much. I'm, I'm a dad just like you. I'm a, I'm a husband and I, got, we got, I go to work every single day and by the time we get home, I'm like staring at the ceiling and I have a recliner and I just don't want to do anything, right? But the call of God on our lives is to help pour out into our families so that we can continue to see that, whether that's me personally or that's me as a husband or as a spouse or is it just me as a dad and a parent. We need to be connected so that we can be displaying the manifold wisdom of God 
into the world. That, that's our purpose. That's our joy. That's our call as a community. And so we want to be displaying the manifold wisdom of God through mission. We want to do that through service and praying for one this year. We want to do that through community and the way that we belong. And but lastly, this is what he says in verse 12. This is my favorite part. We display the manifold wisdom of God through worship. This is verse 12. Look, it says, because of Christ and our faith in him, we can now come boldly and confidently into God's presence. How many are thankful for that this morning? The manifold wisdom of God is on display through the way that we pursue, the way that we grow, the way that all, all sorts of different ways that we'll get to in a second. But the wisdom of God is displayed through the way that we pursue. Because of Christ and our faith in him, we can now come confidently into the throne room of God. For some of you, that might be a brand new concept. You might know that. You might know that. Okay, cool. I have a relationship with God. But for some of us, we might not practice that on a daily basis. We might not practice that in a way that allows the, the wisdom to be moved into us and through us. And so it comes down to the way that we pursue that. Do we come confidently into the throne room of God? That's cool that you can. That's awesome. But do you? And so each and every, uh, each and every time we talk about this, I kind of throw this idea out. What would it look like for you um, to take 15 minutes in the morning to find your favorite chair and to pursue Christ for a little bit in it? To take 15 minutes and say, okay, I'm just going to open up a Bible and I'm gonna, uh, maybe I'm going to start with the book of John or I'm going to read a chapter and I'm just going to read through it. And I'm going to ask God, God, what would, you what would you teach me through that? What would you teach me through this chapter today? Maybe it's just a couple verses. Maybe it's like the book of Proverbs and you just need a proverb. You need some wisdom. You need someone to tell you to stop doing that or do this. Maybe it's something like that. For me lately, it's, been, it's just been the book of Ephesians. And I've, that's why I've taught about it probably so much over the last year. You're like, can you please stop going to Ephesians every time we gather together, please? But it's just been the book of Ephesians, just reminding me of the nuts and the bolts of what it's like to follow Christ. And, and as a result, what I should do and how I should live. And it's been something that, that you do for the year. I mean, I've just been just reading through it. I'm not going through the whole Bible every year. Some of you are a lot holier than I am when it comes to that. I've just been in the book of Ephesians. God, just show me, show me what it's like, how you revealed your mysteries to us, how you've shown your treasures to me, and how I should live as a result, how I should treat my wife and how I should treat my kids. What would it be like for you to have chair time every single morning? For 15 minutes. You know, I, I think this church would completely change. If you started every single day with that type of concept. Because he, here's the idea, guys. Here's what's at stake if we don't take up our role as a local church. If we don't meet Jesus for the first time. If we don't, here's what's at stake. Romans chapter 8. If you throw that verse up on the screen there. All creation is waiting eagerly 
for that future day when God will reveal who his children really are. All of creation is eagerly waiting to know who the children of God are. There's going to be a day when all of this understanding is put into in, in everything into its proper place, where God will fully restore the world back to his original intention. That's our hope. That's our dream. That's what I love about Advent hope, this desire to see not only Christ come, but to see him come again and understand that he's here now that upon his resurrection, he created this brand new kingdom that allowed us to experience him today. But if we don't, as a local church, be about the manifold wisdom of God, the revealing of God's children won't come. God's gonna do it. He'll do it through other churches, probably. Most likely. Definitely. He's going to do that. But I deeply desire, I deeply long for Community Covenant to be a place where the manifold wisdom of God is made evident through the way that we pursue him, through the way that we connect with each other, and through the way that we serve. And so my question is for you today, where are you on that journey? We're on, where are you on that journey? There's, there's often five G's that, that, that we talk about when it comes to growing. And I, I just weave, and I don't know if I've ever presented it in a list like this, but I kind of weave and dodge it in different ways. But if you could throw the five G's up. It's, it's really five G's that, that really help us pursue him. And it's through grace, this understanding that I need to meet Jesus, experience his grace, be forgiven of my sin and all the ways that I'm not like him so that ultimately I can worship him and be restored back to the way he originally designed me to be. So it's through grace. Maybe you've been there, you've already done that, or, or, or it's through gatherings. Where the way we gather together here, the way we move together here, is to remind ourselves that we aren't God, that he's the creation, that we're the creator. And so we gather together to recenter ourselves on Christ. Uh, the third way is groups. Twice a year, we move through these semesters where we connect every single week with people that we love, people that we know, people that help us feel like we're in community, that care for us when we're sick, that are encouraging us through tough times, through groups, through our gifts. It's really through serving. We pursue Christ through the way that we serve him. Because Christ loved us, we love others. Or maybe it's through giving to say, you know what, I'm going to trust God with my money with a brand new way. I'm going to do this crazy thing called tithing and, and, and really just allow God to, to work in my heart and in my life with every area of my life. But for you today, what, which one is this? Which one are you? Maybe today you don't know Jesus and you need to meet him for the first time. We'd love to help you do that. Maybe it's a gathering. Maybe for you, you're like, you know, uh, Sunday I'm kind of back and forth. I really like sleeping in or I like playing golf or I like watching football. Or I like to just be home or whatever and I'm just kind of like spotty with my gathering attendance. Maybe it's gatherings. Maybe for you it's groups. Maybe you just ultimately feel lonely, right? Or maybe you feel like 
oh, yeah, everything, I just noticed everything about my life to be done my way. And the Lord's like, bro, you need some community. You need some relationships. Maybe it's your gifts. Maybe you've been sitting on the sideline just kind of, uh, I'm just, I don't really want to get involved. God's like, I need you. I need you to get involved because I need the church to display God's wisdom. Maybe for you it might be giving to say, hey, you know what, I, for, for me, for me, I've just never trusted God like that. I've never handled my money the way you said that I should. Because here's the deal, guys. Here's our church. This is us. This is us. We want to see lives changed by Christ. And so we create environments to see lives changed by Christ. And so for you, which environment is it for you? I so badly want our whole church to be a part of this. To say, you know what? All right, I'm done. I'm, I'm in. I'm in on this. I'm not just with the church. I just don't come to the church. I don't, just don't gather with the church. I'm in. I am for this. I want to see Jesus change lives. I want to see Jesus change lives. I so badly want for all of us to be a part of that. So whether you're watching online or you're watching out in the cafe or we got kids downstairs that we're going to help be a part of this as well. Or you're in this room. Do you believe that Jesus still changes lives? Because what Ephesians 3 teaches us is that our purpose is to display the manifold wisdom of God. We want to do that together as a church. Amen? Amen.